0: This is an out loud recording of one of our latest YouTube videos. To find us, go to youtube.com slash reddit readers or click the link in the description below. Hey everyone, today's post comes to you from the ask reddit subreddit, a subreddit where anyone can ask a question and the most popular questions are voted to the top based on either an interesting question or interesting answers or a combination of both. Today's post is a serious post. Have you ever known someone who wholeheartedly believed that they were wolfkin, a vampire, an elf, had special powers, and couldn't handle the reality that they weren't when confronted? What happened to them? She cheated on her boyfriend occasionally, but would claim that it's not cheating because she would only do it during full moons. So it was her werewolf half doing it and not her. I knew a girl like this. She's now she's an astrology nut that does a lot of acid at music festivals and cheats on her boyfriend when Venus is in Gatorade or some shit. I know you're supposed to upvote and move on, but Venus and Gatorade flippin killed me, man. Shit is hilarious. What was she cheating with? Dobermans? My ex-boyfriend was certain he was a vampire. He kept going to churches, cemeteries, all those kinds of places. I failed at bringing him back to reality. He died of cancer in January this year. Not the ending I was expecting. Almost every story in this thread ends with either escapism or mental health issues, so maybe he knew for a while that he had cancer. Just a guess, though. I met a guy who was supposedly pretty close to the level in Scientology where you're supposed to develop powers like telepathy and stuff. Not sure what became of him. You'd think that once people reached this level and didn't have powers, they'd quit, but brainwashing. I think some of it is the sunken cost fallacy, and some of it is gaslighting. The church might say you didn't do something right, or your conviction isn't strong enough. If you aren't getting what you thought you would out of it, you're doing it wrong, that sort of thing. Sometimes people follow the carrot way too long, thinking the truth is just around the next corner. I'm sure that imposter syndrome plays into it as well. Better not tell anyone I'm not psychic, or they'll revoke my status and I'll lose all that very expensive progress. Except in this case, they really are imposters, so I'm not sure if the term imposter syndrome applies. I don't have psychic powers, I just wanted you guys to think I was cool. I don't deserve this Buddhist meteor wand your streets ahead in my book this isn't exactly what you're asking for but it's similar from first to sixth grade i had this friend Allie that genuinely believed she could see dead people and demons and whatnot she would do the stereotypical vampire things pretending to bite people showing off her canines talking about blood etc but that wasn't like her main thing She had this one demon that she said followed her everywhere and hid in the bathrooms that we just called It. Allie always described It as being whiter than paper, with two slits for a nose and sharp fangs. I wholeheartedly believed her because why wouldn't I, I was a dumb kid that wanted supernatural things to be real, and she was my best friend that had no reason to lie to me. I literally was too scared to use the restroom at school because she said that It always peeked over the stall. As the years went on, though, I eventually realized that she was making it up, but the conviction with which she said that kind of stuff was scary. I know her parents were going through a rough patch at the time, so I think she was just making it up for attention. Which she got. I haven't talked to Ally in a while, but another friend of mine ran into her at a fair recently and said she seemed to be doing well. I'm glad things are better for her. Unfortunately yes. I met a girl at a very young age while going to church. Her family was deeply religious but in a messed up way. So we dated off and on and after high school hit it off pretty strong. She honestly believed she was a fairy. She would get faced with the reality of not being a fairy and completely shut down, sometimes even attempting suicide. Found out later she has really bad schizophrenia and had to get away from her after she discovered drugs and I couldn't help her anymore. One of my closest friends that I lived with through most of college thought she had special powers. It was weird to say the least. She'd been bullied all her life, and I always reckoned she'd developed this as a coping mechanism. The thing that really stood out to me, though, was that she was so good at getting people to play along with it, and I have no idea how. I saw this scenario play out a few times during the time we lived together, and I was always so confused as to how she kept getting people on board, so to speak. General scenario went like this, she'd meet someone, and if she really liked them, then after a while she'd tell me in a very knowing sort of way that she thought they had the gift, aka they also had powers. She once told me she thought I had them, and I just kind of smiled and nodded and said, okie dokie then. So then she'd get together for lunch or something with this person, and she'd launch into this full-on spiel about how she was all that was standing between the world and destruction, and she could tell that they were also special, and she needed someone to help her fight these battles, not literal battles, more like astral projection type battles, and help her guard the gates. Hilarious side note, the gates were colored, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. She got mad at me one time when I referred to them as the printer gates. (laughs) And you'd think that after unloading all that, people would run screaming, but they didn't. They'd show up at her apartment to talk to her and they'd be talking about these battles and stuff. All I can figure is she was good at spotting people with overactive imaginations who didn't fit in well. She probably would have made a great cult leader, to be honest. She now works in IT and we still talk to each other pretty regularly. She wrote a fantasy novel that she's trying to get published, which was actually quite good when she let me read the draft. I'm guessing that became the outlet for her stories when she grew up, so to speak. I kind of want to ask her about what was going on with her, but I kind of don't want to open that can of worms ever again. When she wasn't in full-on WTF mode, she was the most kind and genuinely fun to be around person. I'm sort of afraid the printer gates will rear their ugly head again if I bring it up. Edit. For everyone that keeps assuming people were going along with it because she was hot, I'm just going to leave it at this. The bullying she'd been dealing with was because of her physical appearance and weight. I think the appeal is more along the lines of what one person said in a reply in an unfortunate parallel to Charles Manson. She was good at spotting cast-off people and then you're just excited to belong to something, so you go along with it. When I was in the U.S. Navy, we had this dude who thought he was a wolf in a human body. He would howl at the moon and just be generally strange. I knew someone that had served with him before me at a different command who said he had to be forced by medical to shower. When asked why he wasn't showing, he told them it would wash away his scent and he wouldn't be able to attract a mate. I don't know what happened to him. Not exactly the same as other kin, but very much in the vein of the question in terms of total reality denial, I know someone who totally wholeheartedly believes they are a Jedi Master. Our families go way back so happen to know other kids were merciless to him all through childhood. He's always had problems though. Kind of one of those people you can feel aren't quite right but not exactly why. He decided he was a Jedi Master one day. Just like out of the blue. Credit where credit is due he went all the way with it. Became a minor nerd celebrity for a while. At first when people challenged the Jedi thing why don't you have powers then? He'd say, Jedi is a mindset, not a power. Or sometimes, you don't know the powers I may have. And try to play it off like a joke, but the dude was 100% serious. If you pushed, he would outright melt down with tears and screaming. Apparently, his parents financially supported him pretty much entirely until he, and this part confuses the crap out of me, got married and had a kid while still insisting on the Jedi thing. After that, the wife supported him. Eventually, he got tired of that and left his family to take off with a teenager he met at a convention. That's when we cut ties with him. You can be a Jedi all you want, but cutting and leaving your kid is some Sith Lord shit. Edit. Thanks for the gold and silver, folks. Seeing the comments, I should clarify he was mid-20s when he went Jedi. Also, dang, there are way more Jedis out there than I thought. If the kid ends up a Star Wars fan, there might be a really weird I am your father moment. How the flip am I single and these people keep getting married and having kids? Maybe there are some powers there. Because the people marrying guys like that are probably not the kinds of people you want to be dating. Someone who totally wholeheartedly believes they are a Jedi Master. Oh holy hell, I knew someone just like this. Said he could predict the future long enough to dodge anything thrown at him, fists included. Lost it with him one day after he was trying to claim that my dog hated me. Said he could read her feelings and that she wants to run away and leave me for a nice family. After one of his your dog hates you tirades, I decked him across the jaw. One hell of a royal haymaker that, had he any actual Jedi powers, he could have easily avoided. I ground that fact into him for weeks on end, almost relentlessly, due to his refusal to apologize for shit-talking my dog and I. Eventually he caved and admitted that he was full of shit, out loud, and in a torrent of tears and vicious sobbing. My dog loved me till the day she died. She was a good girl. Her name was Sheila. yeah they had really severe childhood abuse and trauma to contend with and cope with it by believing they were psychic we met in like junior high when they still believed this eventually they realized that they weren't entirely wrong just a little bit misdirected they're a deeply empathic person who thanks to their abuse history is very good at reading facial expressions body language etc they're actually a really wonderful person and ended up becoming a social worker and volunteer at a domestic violence shelter where all of the qualities that made them a good psychic make them great at helping others who are going through a difficult time. I hope this gets pushed to the top. A lot of kids like this really do come from traumatic upbringings that aren't always super obvious. Pairing a tumultuous household and bullying at school can be extremely difficult to cope with, and a lot of kids find comfort in identifying with fantasy characters or species who are also trauma- traumatized. Think of a werewolf who has to hide from the public because he or she is a danger, or fairies who are the last of their kind, etc. This story is so wonderful though, there are a lot of ways that people can learn to cope with and then utilize their past to benefit the world in some way. Unfortunately, those things usually take time, healing, and often therapy as well. If you still talk to this person, please let them know that this internet stranger is extremely proud my former friend mark who ran around at night naked thinking he was a werewolf he stopped when he was shot in the ass by a paranoid farmer small town thought mark had too much time and energy and so they had him join the football team i don't think he runs around naked anymore but he works as a vet and helps raise wolves i love the thought of a small town just collectively deciding to manhandle a kid onto the football team after telling him he has too much energy in the hospital room where he's recovering from being shot in the butt for pretending to be a wolf on someone else's property. Edit. Your school's team don't stand a chance. That there's Mark the Wolf. He eats nothing but raw beef, and they say that he got shot in the ass and lived. Someone I used to be friends with identified as a lynx. I was weirded out, but she was my friend, so I dealt with it. Soon she started to say I was sitting on her tail, and she was fully convinced she turned into a cat at night. Last I heard of her, she was drawing furry porn for $100 apiece. Edit. A lot of people are talking about how short lynx tails are. I know, this person was just really delusional. I was sitting a whole desk away from her when she made the accusation. A couple other things she did was claim she was sorry because she accidentally clawed me with her claws. She had only put a hand on my shoulder. She also complained that the teacher was hurting her ears because she was talking and that affected her cat hearing. Another time, she tried to go a week without glasses to prove her eyes were becoming more like a cat's. She didn't last an hour. Final thing, she attempted to start a furry Therian club. Her campaign was along the lines of, Join our cult to unleash your inner animal. Yes, she used the word cult. So that's it for the post, guys, and these answers are across the board in terms of Otherkin. We've got werewolves, we've got Jedi, we've got lynxes, and heavenly battles. Have you ever had someone like this in your life? I'm dying to hear your stories in the comments below. Do you think these problems are caused by traumatic experiences or problems at home? Or do you think these people are just begging for others' attention? I'd love to hear your reactions. Leave them below, and if you liked the video if you like listening to this post please leave a like on the video and feel free to subscribe to the channel if you'd like to see more hear more crazy ask reddit stories and other stories and questions from other subreddits in the future thank you guys so much for watching and for listening enjoying the podcast an easy and effective way to support us is to simply subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us at youtube.com redditreaders reddit readers, or click the link in the description box below. It would mean so much to us. As always, thank you for listening. Hey everyone, today's post comes to you from Ask Reddit, a subreddit where anyone can ask a question, and the best questions and best answers are upvoted to the top. Today's question, lawyers of Reddit, what's the worst way you've seen a person screw over someone else in court, whether it be criminal, civil, or divorce proceedings? A witness for the plaintiff in a civil suit, who was a co-worker of the plaintiff, testified very strongly against the company and in favor of the plaintiff. I questioned her about bias toward the plaintiff, if they knew each other well, were friends, etc., She said no, just friendly co-workers. Work friends at best. I pinned her to it. When I got a chance to cross-examine the plaintiff, she had no choice but to burn her witness's credibility because not only were they very close friends, but they had become sisters-in-law just a few years before. No, they did not have the same last name or anything, but I had done my homework. I still don't get why people want to fight small bias by destroying their credibility, but it happens more than you'd think. I am being sparse on details here due to confidentiality, but I had a client who was accused of a very nasty sexual offense. He had an alibi. He was at work, where he was the boss. He had an employee who could absolutely vouch for his being there. I talked to the employee. Employee confirmed this. It gets close to the trial and around the time when I need to send in an alibi notice, which is advance notice to the Crown so that they can investigate the alibi and determine whether or not it's true. But I am being careful, so I called the employee up again. Turns out, my client fired him in the interim, and so the employee quite candidly tells me, Oh yeah, he was definitely at work, but that's not what I'll say in court. Flip that guy, he's going down. I did not call him as a witness, or file the alibi notice. Still won the trial, but if I hadn't thought to call the guy, or if he had been less candid, my client would have been flipped hard. Sex offender registry, jail time, the works. Completely innocent. Too many criminal client situations to count of them screwing themselves over. One of the very few family law cases I handled as a young attorney sticks out to me, though. Young woman and young man have child. Young woman seeks divorce from young man because he enjoys the thug life. He had recently been arrested and charged for possession with intent to distribute meth, felony, and in possession of a firearm, unlawful carry. Young man doesn't like her leaving him. He hires a local big name top divorce attorney, granted very rural area, gets temporary divorce order entered saying she cannot have overnight guests of the opposite sex. Common in rural conservative areas think it's mostly a thing of the past in more urban places. Young woman starts seeing someone new. Young man is very upset about this, has his fancy lawyer ask for a hearing accusing her of violating court order and seeking full custody on top of attorney fees. Young woman on advice from a mutual friend hires me for this hearing. I sit down with opposing counsel and she basically tries to strong arm me with her experience and lays out egregious terms. Mother must not only give up primary custody, but must have visitation with a supervisor and pay child support and attorney fees. She knows I'm a new baby attorney in town. Fairly certain I had been licensed for less than a year. I balk and she says she'll see us in court. I go into the hearing with a copy of his probation arrangement on his possession with intent to sell an unlawful carry. He hasn't told his attorney about this, and she is unaware. She calls him up and establishes how my client had her new boyfriend over on XYZ nights. Judge is very conservative. Not pleased. Then, opposing counsel passes the witness. I ask him if he has a job. No. What do you do for money? Things here and there. Oh? Oh? "'Miss opposing counsel is awfully expensive. "'Do you sell meth?' "'What?' "'Have you ever sold drugs to make ends meet?' "'Uh, no.' "'Introduce a copy of his guilty plea "'and straight probation sentencing.' "'Judge is now staring daggers at him. "'I lean over to my client sitting next to me and whisper, "'If you took a drug test today, be honest, "'would you be completely clean?' "'Yes.' "'I ask the young man, "'When was the last time you did meth?' "'Attorney objects, but Judge overrules.' I know this judge will drug test people on the spot as he is also the misdemeanor drug court judge. It's been years, I'm clean. So if you were tested, you'd be clean? Yes. Opposing counsel asks the same of my client, we agree. Judge has them both tested. He tests positive for meth. My client is clean. Judge denies his motion and asks me to send in new temp orders where a young man is required to maintain employment and start paying child support and places him on supervised visits. Icing on the cake, opposing counsel actually calls me and leaves a voicemail congratulating me on, and I quote, handing her ass to her for the first time in a long time. More of a case of screwing himself over, but here goes. This was a case another prosecutor in my office had a few years back. 30-year-old defendant was charged with sexual assault of a child after he got his girlfriend's 14-year-old sister pregnant. She actually kept the baby, so the police just waited and got a paternity test. No surprise, defendant was the father. Defendant wanted probation. Prosecutor refused to offer it. He decided to plead guilty and have a jury trial on punishment. Here in Texas, you can choose to have the jury set punishment. Evidence mostly proceeded as expected. The victim testified to having consensual, aside from not being old enough to consent, sex with the defendant, getting pregnant, etc. Paternity test introduced. Defendant took the stand. His version of events was that he snuck into victim's room at night, covered her mouth, and held her down while he forcibly had sex with her against her will. It seemed like his own lawyer had no idea that's the story he settled on. The jury deliberated about 15 minutes before returning a verdict of 17 years. The maximum possible as charged was 20. When interviewed by the attorneys afterwards, one of them said they decided on 17 years so the defendant would never forget the age of consent in Texas again. Not my case, but my dad's. He was the equivalent of a public defender decades ago. There was this guy that would get caught for being drunk in public, public lewdness, etc. Every weekend. He seemed to draw the same judges and was pretty well known to everyone in the courthouse as an absolute lost cause. One of the regular judges had him appear in his court again. The judge is ready to give him a prison sentence because he was driving a car this time. But the guy starts crying that he finally got a job out of town and was trying to turn his life around. Judge tells him as long as he never makes a mistake in my town again, he would just drop the charges. Well, sure as hell, the guy shows up the following Monday, same judge, driving drunk again. My dad now has his case. The judge tells him he gave him his final chance, to which the guy sobs and replies, I was leaving town, your honor, but my friends decided to throw me a going away party. The judge was not amused. My dad had to do everything he could to not laugh. TLDR: Perpetual drunk that drove drunk, gets a chance to leave town and not face charges, gets drunk at a going-away party in his honor, drives, goes to jail. Faced the same judge both times. Well, not my story, but a prior boss's story. They had a drunk driver kills a car worth of people case at the time when they were a general practitioner. My boss was representing the family that got hit, one where the two kids and the wife had died but the father had not, and wanted the college guy's drunk-driving skin to be mounted on a wall. This was back before Facebook was commonly used in court proceedings and before tons of people realized that shit is too great for any attorney worth their weight in salt to pass up. So the kid, drunk-driving college kid, had managed to get the judge's sympathy during the first part of the hearing by saying he was sorry, haunted, never going to drink again, this was going to ruin his life, etc. The judge seemed to be really eating it up. Then comes my boss and immediately burns this kid's remorse to the ground by showing numerous Facebook statuses and photos of them binge drinking, partying, and even joking about driving drunk from the date of the accident up until a night ago. The kid looked like he was being forced to swallow hot coals and the judge was absolutely livid. Needless to say, the kid had to do way more than just apologize and be remorseful after that. So that's it for the post, guys. Some great stories in there. People who screwed other people over people who screwed themselves over what do you think are you on anyone's side here do you have any reactions to these stories have you ever known anyone at school or at work who screwed themselves over i'd love to hear those stories leave those stories and more in the comments below i'd love to hear your reactions and if you liked watching this video listening to this story please leave a like and a comment on the video and feel free to drop a subscribe if you want to hear more see more reddit posts Comments and reactions in the future as always. Thank you guys so much for watching and for listening